Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Favorite Show, the podcast where we talk about our favorite things. Every week, we pick a different topic to discuss, and since best can be subjective, we talk about the things that are our favorites. My name's Aaron. I'm Shannon. And I'm Nolan. Welcome back, Nolan. Thanks. Good to have you back again. This is two weeks in a row. I know. It's, uh, yeah, it's a lot for me. I like it. This is great. (laughs) (laughs) We went a little bit without having you on the show, so I'm glad that we got to make up for lost time. So That's true. (laughs) Well, before we get into this week's topic, I do have a couple of emails I want to read. The first one is from our mom. Thanks for writing in, Mom. Always always good to have you <laughs> chiming in. Hi, Mom. She wrote in about our favorite fruit episode. She says, a little behind, but I had to send an email about the fruit episode. I uh, can't believe how much I learned and how entertaining a simple podcast about fruit could be. Maybe it's because you've all gone a little bananas, as Kristen said. <laughs> I can see Shannon hosting the Is It a Berry show on Netflix as she identifies <laughs> all the strange things. <laughs> I remember Sean telling me that the milk in Ecuador tasted kind of like bananas because the farmers fed bananas to their cows. That's in, that's really interesting. I wouldn't have thought of that. I'm starting to eat a banana a day to keep the doctor away. I have to say my favorite fruits are pears, crunchy nectarine, and cantaloupe. Dad loves watermelon and peaches. Shannon, are those berries or not? <laughs> she mm-hmm. says, I don't know. <laughs> uh, she says it was a very good episode. Love, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, thanks, Mom. Mom. <laughs> Uh, and then our next email is from Catherine. Thanks for writing in, Catherine. Always good to hear from you. Uh, but she wrote in about our favorite planets. She says, hi, favorite show friends. I was so excited to see your topic of favorite planets. Uh, my all-time favorite planet is Saturn. It is so pretty with its rings, and there are some photos of it with beautiful colors. But I really wanted to write in and talk about Pluto. Jumping on what Shannon already discussed, this planet is very near and dear to my heart. I still consider Pluto to be a planet <laughs> because as someone born and raised in New Mexico and still considers that home, the New Mexico legislature ruled quote, as Pluto passes overhead through New Mexico's excellent night skies, it is declared to be a planet. (laughs) That is the least scientific and also great thing. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) She says, the reason Pluto is so important to me and many New Mexicans is that the man who discovered it, Clyde Tombaugh, I hope I'm saying that right, lived in my hometown of Las Cruces and taught at our university, New Mexico State. In fact, I was the first group of students to attend Clyde W. Tombaugh Elementary School. I met him many times and he would come to our annual stargazing night. That's pretty cool. That's really cool. (laughs) Uh, So Pluto is very near and dear to me. Thanks for another fun episode, Catherine. Catherine, thanks for writing in. I love that. Solidarity with Pluto. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I have any other updates beyond that. You guys have anything you want to talk about before we jump into this week's topic? No, I don't think so. No, not me. Awesome. All right. Well, then let's get on with it. Then uh, we were due for a music topic. And this week, we're going to talk about our favorite hip hop artists. Uh, I debated what to call it because at first I was like, let's talk about our favorite rappers. And then as I was doing my research and I was realizing how much overlap there is with rap and hip hop uh, and how connected they are, hip hop seems like it's maybe a little more inclusive title for some of the things we're going to talk about today. And that's part of why we have Nolan here is that of anyone in our family, I think Nolan probably listens to the most hip hop and rap of any of us. So we needed an expert to help teach us the ways. As usual, I went to Wikipedia to look up some of the history of this, and uh, it's pretty cool learning about the history of hip-hop. Uh, and in fact, the first thing it says on Wikipedia says, hip-hop, uh, also known as rap, <laughs> and formerly known as disco rap, uh, it's a genre of popular music originated in the Bronx borough of New York City in the early 1970s by African Americans and had existed for several years prior to mainstream discovery. Hip-hop is a very uniquely wholly African American 
American invention of music. It came from these very specific areas in the Bronx and came from a lot of interesting backgrounds. When I looked up the Wikipedia page for rap, it actually had a recording from a band, well, let me get their name right here, from a group called the Memphis Jug Band. Uh, and this was like in the, I believe the 20s or 30s. And this band, you know, is like a, like a, like a dance band or whatever, but this clip that they play, the singer uh, is is speaking the words and talking in a rhythm, and it sounds like rap. And so this was a a, a musical style that kind of peeked through in lots of different places and had traditions in you know African music and Af- African tradition and evolved and turned into its own thing in the in the 70s in the Bronx. Do you guys have any guesses of what the first rap song to a treat to achieve commercial success was? Um is it Rapper's Delight? You are correct. It is Rapper's Delight. It's considered by uh, basically every uh, music historian to be the first commercially successful rap song from 1979. So this is not that long ago, right? Yeah, Sugar Hill Gang. <laughs> yeah. You you yeah. should have had Stephanie come recite it. She, she knows it, doesn't she? <laughs> she knows a, lo- a big portion of that song. She's been working on it for a long time. I've heard her do bits of it. <laughs> She's pretty good, yeah. <laughs> That's been a goal of hers for a long time to learn that whole song. And it's a long song with a lot of words, but she's she's getting through it. Yeah, isn't there like a radio version and then the you know the longer full version? Yes. Uh, she's going for she's going for the full version. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I thought that was very interesting that it's not that long ago and a song I'm very familiar with and uh, actually have performed in uh, a couple of instances. Not I didn't do the vocals, but played in a couple of dance bands in college, and that was a song that we would whip out once in a while. You did? So, yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> I usually played bass on that one. It's a, it's a cool bass line. Wow, I had no idea. But yeah, so it's it's a it's it's a very cool musical genre. There's there's so many influences that came together. There's actually a, a lot of rap has jazz influence. There's connections to poetry and spoken word, kind of like slam poetry, and kind of this combination of all these unique things. One of the one of the differences I was reading about hip hop and rap, although they are very interchangeable, hip hop does not always include rap in the spoken word element, but almost all includes DJing, turntable scratching, some includes beatboxing. A lot of modern rap includes sampled tracks, either from other popular music or even obscure stuff for the samples that are played. But yeah, it's it's a very unique musical genre. And uh, I'll be honest, not one that I listened to a lot growing up, but I feel like as I've gotten older and I kind of I feel like I'm always trying to branch out and find new music and try to, you know, listen to new things. And, and I've I've discovered a, a lot more as I've gotten older that I really enjoy uh, yeah. a fair amount from you, Nolan, to be honest. Well, I, I'm actually in the same boat where I didn't really listen to much growing up. And, you know, like I'm happy to be on the show um, and share my perspective. But, you know, like there's so much I feel this way about a lot of art and music and movies and whatever. There's so much good stuff out there. It's hard to actually listen to everything or see everything. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm not an expert by any means, but I have grown to appreciate the genre and really love some things and, you know, and then it's the favorite show. So I got favorites. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I, I, I guess, yeah, if I can, talk a little bit about growing up like I feel like I had the wrong idea about hip-hop and rap when I was 
a kid. You know, there were a few like sort of breakthrough hits, crossover hits that I was aware of, you know, like Ice Ice Baby, right? Or yeah. You Can't Touch <laughs> This, MC Hammer. Yeah. Um, or, you know, whatever. There was various other things. Will Smith had a hit and, you know, there was, there was stuff. But I think I had a general impression that rap was inferior like as a genre in a, like a few ways. I, I was under the impression that it was like all bad messages. And I also had the impression that it wasn't like real musicianship. Like people just like stole songs from other people and like put their own words over the top of it. Right. Like it was like, and, and I think sampling, you mentioned sampling, like I've come to learn that, it can be like so much more complex and so much, and not everything even uses samples, but when they do, like there's, I think I had the impression partly because there was like, wasn't there like a couple Puff Daddy songs that were hits that were kind of like basically just like Led Zeppelin's Cashmere <laughs> or Police, I'll Be Missing You, it was uh, I'll Be Watching You. And it was like, it was very much like built on a single sample. I um, Yeah, I had a couple of those songs too. That like I almost, it, I didn't write them, but I still found myself defensive that I'm like, that's just a Daft Punk song. That's just an Imogen Heap song. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, and I mean, there is stuff like that. And then, and then, uh, you know, back to the idea that it's all like negative messaging or whatever like there definitely is stuff that's misogynistic or violent but there's like a lot of stuff that is like socially conscious that is really positive messages and sometimes there's stuff that has some explicit language it'll have the explicit language warning on there but it's you know it still has a lot of positive things to say or thoughtful things to say or, you know, whatever, like it's, you know, so some of the stuff is like, it's not necessarily for kids, it's not necessarily going to have radio play, but there's thoughtful and positive and intellectual messages. It's not just something that is cheap and easy to do, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I definitely grew up thinking a lot of that same stuff too. And I feel like hip hop and rap gets a bad reputation because of, maybe it is because of the explicit content. There's a lot of songs do have a lot of, of swearing in them. But like, as far as message and content, like, you know, there's some pretty, there's some, there's some, a lot of rock songs that have not great messages or, you know, yeah, <laughs> not great content. Absolutely. Maybe they just avoid some of the more severe language in, in some cases, not always, but so maybe that's part of it too. I don't know. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's definitely lots of classic rock that has misogynistic content in it as well. Right. And like, yeah. And, and you know, like country music. Uh, you had your episode recently. Like, there's some great songs. I love Johnny Cash, and there's great songs that are like about like criminals or death row or you know whatever, like murder and <laughs> that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's I, I, I do. I think some of it is probably racism, and some of it mm-hmm. is the the explicit lyrics. But I I definitely had the wrong idea growing up about hip-hop and you know i think there's like tons of really great stuff yeah yeah and this is probably as good a spot as any to mention uh as with all of our music topics we are going to have a playlist of a bunch of our favorite songs just like we were talking about the nature of it ever you know we always want this to be a family-friendly show but just a fair warning and a heads up there's going to be a lot of songs with explicit content on this uh this playlist not all of them but uh there will be a fair amount so do uh with that information as you will i hope you i hope you give some of these songs to listen to or a chance to see what you think of it see if it's something you enjoy if it's not something you normally listen to or if it's 
it is something you like, hopefully we're putting some of your favorites on this list. So yeah, go check out the playlist. But yeah, fair warning, there'll be some explicit content in that playlist. Yeah. And there, there's also quite a diversity. Like there is like a lot of different subgenres within hip hop and there's different styles and there's different lyric content. But yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about some of my favorites for sure. Yeah. Well, as our as, as our sort of resident expert, I guess, do you want to kick it off and talk about a, one of your favorites? Sure. Um, so, you know, so I talked about growing up and I, I, I part of that wrong idea, I think, is like one genre that got some popularity in my youth was gangster rap. And again, that gave me an, an impression that all of hip hop was about gangs and violence and whatever. Some of my favorite hip hop is tends to be very socially conscious. And uh, I think I'm going to start with chronologically, I'll, I'll go back to a group that started in the 80s. Uh, and this is A Tribe Called Quest. And A Tribe Called Quest came out of Queens, New York in 1985. Like you said earlier, Aaron, you know, hip hop and rap started in New York as a genre. There were four people in the group, Q-Tip, Fife Dog, Ali Shaheed Muhammad, and Jerobi White. And Fife Dog passed away a few years ago in 2016. But this group is regarded as a pioneer of alternative hip-hop and merging jazz with hip-hop. They, you know, a lot of the a lot of the early hip hop was much more funk based, but they really dove deep into the sources of the things that they sampled. Here's a bit of trivia for you. I think many people know Questlove, the Roots drummer uh, from you know the Tonight Show or from his involvement with Hamilton or whatever. Questlove's stage name was inspired by a tribe called Quest, whom he cites as his favorite group. That's cool. Yeah. I got a couple quotes from people, from music critics and, and what have you. Um, critic John Bush called A Tribe Called Quest, quote, without question the most intelligent artistic rap group during the 1990s, and that they jump-started and perfected the hip-hop alternative to hardcore and gangster rap. Uh, producer Pete Rock stated, there were times when I would walk into a record store and see Tip sitting on the floor with his glasses on, going through albums, looking for beats. And I was like, this guy is serious. Um, so one of the things I like about A Tribe Called Quest is they pull like samples from all sorts of different sources. They have a lot of jazz that they have in their, in their songs. One of their most known songs, and this is a favorite of mine, and you, you can put this on the playlist, is called Can I Kick It? And it might even have no explicit lyrics. I don't quite recall, but it <laughs> might be might be a safe one. Mom, if you want to listen to some, I'll, I'll, I'll double check. It's a lot of fun. It samples Lou Reed and like a bit of classical music and, you know, some jazz stuff. Another bit of trivia, Can I Kick It was recently just featured in the Ninja Turtles movie that came out this year. I thought that was fitting because the Ninja Turtles are in New York. This is a New York group. And this song was recorded in 1989 when the members of Tribe Called Quest were 18 and 19 years old. So they were teenagers when they had this first hit on their first uh, album. Wow, that's pretty cool. That's amazing. So A Tribe Called Quest came out with a few really great albums in the 90s from 1990 to 1998. And then they had a hiatus. They broke up, uh, did not release anything else until 2016. And this was just before Fife 
Dog passed away, but he was involved on this last album, which is called We Got It From Here, Thank You For Your Service. And, you know, sometimes after long breaks, stuff is not like quite as good, right? When bands get back together or whatever. But this is a fantastic album. It's really great. It has some guest artists that are more modern as well as some old stuff. It's a great album. But so a couple of my favorite songs from them, I would say is Can I Kick It? Check the Rhyme, Award Tour. They're just real fun. And uh, I think, you know, I, I really like their style and their samples that they use. And uh, they're a great group. I've heard some of their stuff, but I definitely need to listen to more. They, they sound awesome. Uh, I guess, shall I go next? Or Shannon, do you have a preference? Sure. No, go for it. All right. Uh, I want to talk about my favorite uh, hip hop and rap group, which is the Beastie Boys. So the Beastie Boys, uh, an American hip hop group that formed in New York City in 1981. I'm, I'm sure everybody is sensing a theme now of New York City, uh, <laughs> where all the best stuff is coming from, I guess. So the group uh, was composed of Michael Diamond, who went by Mike D., Adam Yonch, who was MCA, and Adam Horvitz, called Ad-Rock. They originally were a hardcore punk band that formed in 1979. Yeah. And then there were a couple other members. They went through a couple of kind of lineup changes, but those three were original members. And the band kind of reformed uh, or, or uh, reorganized or whatever in 1983 to become a fully hip-hop group. They toured with Madonna in 1985 and a year later released their debut album, Licensed to Ill, in 1986. I can't imagine going on tour with someone like Madonna and not having <laughs> your album, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, isn't that wild? Like, can you imagine like somebody is like, oh yeah, we're opening for one of the biggest names in the world. We have an album coming soon. We hope, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but License to Ill is an amazing album. It's so good. Uh, they've had so many great songs. I have uh, a, a couple on the playlist that I'll, I'll definitely put on there. No Sleep Till Brooklyn, Intergalactic, Sabotage. I love Sabotage. They've got they've got some great songs. And because they, they have their original roots in punk, it's funny if you look up like uh, uh, concert footage of them so many uh hip-hop and rap artists you know they have like a dj and then you have the vocalists doing you know who are rapping or whatever uh so you don't necessarily always have like a full band on stage but beastie boys concerts it was kind of like this weird mix of like they they absolutely were hip-hop but they also had like a drum set and guitar and bass on stage. And so a lot of the songs, they would be, you know, out on the stage with their mics with a DJ playing these tracks, but then they'd go and they'd pick up all their instruments and play a, a song that again was also hip hop, but they were actually playing the music, which was kind of cool. And, and, uh, I guess fairly unique when you look at the hip hop landscape today, it's kind of cool. That was, I think actually more common in the, some of the early, early days before hip hop really formed. Like, you know, you'd have like a band and then somebody like announcing, you know, MC, like a master of ceremonies, literally. Yeah. And like yeah, that exactly. sort of evolved into it. And so, yeah, but yeah, it definitely did become a rarity. Yeah, for sure. But I think that's one thing that I do like about the Beastie Boys is that it. Be, I think because there's that background in the hard, it literally it says on Wikipedia, hardcore punk. So, <laughs> you know, they were, they were intense. It has this really raw feel to it. You know, they're excellent. They're really, they're really good good, but there is kind of this like raucous nature and, you know, Beastie Boys have this very specific thing that they'd always do where they, one guy would say a line and then the last line of the phrase, they would all say it together, you know, like, uh, well, now don't you tell me to smile. And they'd all say smile together. <laughs> you stick around, I'll make it worth your while all together. And yeah. Mm, drop. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Oh man. Anyway, so yeah, that's just, I, I really like the Beastie Boys. They uh they were together for a long time from from their formation clear up to 2012 when Adam Yonge passed away, uh, and that's when the the band uh, broke up after he passed. But that's a good long run from the original punk uh, group from 1979 morphing into fully hip hop in the 83 84 ish uh, years, and then clear through to 2012. And I also I'll say this real quick. I also like the enduring uh, kind of crazy sound of the Beastie Boys that it. It keeps popping up in movies all the time. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you see frequently in TV shows or movies where there's some really intense high action thing and they'll start playing some Beastie Boys track. You know, it was it was <laughs> in uh, the J.J. Abrams uh, Star Trek. There was a great scene in that that had Sabotage playing. It is so good. Well, I actually, I have my go-to like workout playlist or when like I'm feeling angry and I just need to like listen to good music to get my anger out. And it's called a quote from that Star Trek movie. I like the beats and the shouting <laughs> because that's what <laughs> this uh, this alien character says when Kirk asks her about this Beastie Boys <laughs> album that she's got. She says, I like the beats and the shouting. And so that's a playlist I have. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty fair description of the Beastie Boys. <laughs> well, to throw out one more connection. So that first Beastie Boys album was produced by Rick Rubin. And I, don't, I think he produced other Beastie Boys albums as well. But, you know, there's not a lot of music producers I know by name, but he is one that he's like worked with a ton of people, uh, including Johnny Cash, who I mentioned earlier. He produced like the Johnny Cash stuff when Johnny Cash was really old. And, uh, you know, those that was great music as well. But yeah, there you go. Nice. There's, That's there's pretty a connection. Cool. Really cool. Well, I'll switch gears entirely and I'll talk about a current artist. She just got her start, I don't know, within the last five years or so. And that is Megan the Stallion. She's so cool. <laughs> um, so I knew her. Savage, I think, was her song that made a really big hit on TikTok. I was looking up just some facts about her. She's a very cool person. <laughs> like, I knew going into it, like, I've seen videos of her online that she's a self-proclaimed anime nerd, and she'll talk about all the different anime she likes, and it's kind of a common thing with female hip-hop rap artist to have like the huge crazy like done up nails and stuff and she's had like anime nails <laughs> and whatever <laughs> and she had a cameo on marvel's uh she-hulk series because yeah she's just she's a fan and she's a nerd and whatever but um so she got her start posting rap videos of herself while she was in college that was just I think her mom was a rap artist and so like she had it in her family and so she just she posted herself doing freestyling and whatever and she got a big following from that and so she's had a pretty successful career uh thus far but she also donates a lot of her money to a lot of really good causes um like i was just reading through that there were a whole bunch that she donated fifteen thousand dollars worth of thanksgiving turkeys uh to the houston food bank in 2020 she donated over ten thousand dollars to bail relief effort for houston protesters uh she donated all of the proceeds from her collaboration with beyonce to bread of life uh which helped local local Houston communities during COVID-19. She's from Houston, <laughs> in case I forgot to say that. She partnered with Amazon Music and launched the Don't Stop Scholarship Fund that awarded two women of color pursuing associate, uh, bachelor, or postgraduate degrees, $10,000 each. But, like, the list goes 
on and on and on that she's helping with donating food and tuition and all of these really cool uh, organizations, which is awesome. One of my favorite songs of hers, I don't know how you're supposed to pronounce it. It It's spelled out, well, the song is B-I-T-C-H, and <laughs> it's a very empowering song. It's so cool. And like we had kind of talked about how one of my favorite things in rap, like this is this is sort of a new thing for me. We'd, we'd mentioned this, that growing up, I was almost turned off by it. And then uh, when Black Panther came out, we've established that I'm big old nerd as far as that goes. The Black Panther album was so good. And Alex and I, we would just sit and listen to it. And it was so incredible to listen to these lyrics that... Like they made you think and they made you want to do more and be better. And it really kind of opened my eyes to how deep rap lyrics can really be. And that it's this beautiful poetry that is put together in such a rhythmic way that is incredible. And uh, so this song by Megan Thee Stallion, The Stallion, I, I don't know if it's the or the, but in her lyrics, she talks about how she'd, Aaron, you're going to have to bleep me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to say this any other way. We can do a little bleep. <laughs> in her lyrics, she says, I'd rather be a b- and keep it real because that's what you're going to call me when I'm tripping anyway. You know you can't control me. You need a real one. And those b- ain't gonna give it to you and so like she's just talking about how you know we'd said that you know there's a lot of misogyny out there in any song like musical genre but taking this control of saying you're gonna feel like you can control me you're going to feel like you can call me whatever names you want to call me but at the end of the day I'm gonna do me first because that's what's important and I think that's such like it's so cool and it's such a good song I like that yeah That's pretty cool. Awesome. That's, yeah, I think that's great. And it's like a really good transition to one of my favorites. Um, You mentioned Black Panther. And, you know, you two both know how much I love Kendrick Lamar, who worked on the Black Panther uh, album. And you both know how much I love Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar (laughs) is one of my favorite artists of any genre of music of all time. You know, I he... Definitely one of my, should I say five favorite, three favorite, one one of my three favorite (laughs) artists of all (laughs) music of all time. I just cannot get enough of him. He is a contemporary current hip hop artist. His first album was in 2011 and he comes from Compton, California, right here (laughs) in LA where I'm from where I'm not from, where I live. and (laughs) Where you are. (laughs) Where I am. He is known for progressive musical styles and socially conscious songwriting. I mentioned that a little bit before about some of the, the rappers that I like. So he always has very thoughtful lyrics and thoughtful messages in all of his work and very, very complex. One of the things that I love about him is... He tells stories across an entire album. There's like a progression and a story that happens. And, you know, something that's pretty common in rap and hip hop is on albums, there will be these little spoken word things between songs. This is like in tons and tons of albums that sometimes they're like skits and they're like jokes and they're funny. And sometimes they're, you know, whatever, like little dramatization things. And he'll 
use that very well in his work. So I'm, I'm going to talk about you know he, his last four albums. I'll just mention, uh, and some I'll go into more than others. So he, he released an album called Good Kid, Mad City, which he's from Compton. And for those that don't know, Compton was a big part of gangster rap. Um, you know, rap started in New York, and then you had this whole East Coast, West Coast rivalry with New York and with L.A., and he grew up and he idolized some of these rappers. But this whole album, it's like trying to be a good kid in this challenging situation where there's gangs and where there's poverty and where there's violence. And in between the songs, there's this storyline going on where he's like, he's borrowed his parents' minivan. You know, he's like, seems like maybe a high school student or maybe he's out of high school, but he's borrowed the minivan and he and his friends are like getting into trouble. And there's a song called The Art of Peer Pressure. And the whole lyrics, it's, you know, he's like, oh yeah, we're drinking, we're getting high. Yeah, you know, smoking dope. And really I'm a sober soul, but I'm with the homies right now. And oh, we see these guys and they're wearing colors we don't like. And, you know, there's violence and there's like, you know, stealing. And, you know, there's like this scene again with the spoken word drama kind of stuff where there's a theft that happens and he's like really i'm a peacemaker but i'm with the homies right now and this whole album he's like he doesn't want to do bad things but it's just the world he's in and he's trying to make sense of that there's another song called good kid where i think like the lyrics they're they're just always really poetic and clever and there's a verse about the red and blue meaning gang colors and you're stuck in the middle and like these guys, you know, want to ask, you know, is this your neighborhood? What colors are you wearing? Whatever. They're going to like, they're going to persecute you because they're gang members. And then the next verse, it's like the red and blue refers to police lights and the police are like going to hassle you and the police are going to give you a hard time and they're going to like racial profile you and they're going to use violence against you because they assume you're part of that as well. And he kind of is, but he doesn't want to be. And, you know, it's, it's like very thoughtful and complex. You know, he's got another album. Uh, how much how much time do I want to go? Please go for it. Yeah, yeah. I know I know how much you love his music and how much that means to you. So please, yeah, keep sharing. Yeah, no, I love I love his stuff. Um, another great thing about him is I think his albums sound pretty distinct album to album. There's definitely a change of sound. He, you know, there's a cohesive sound within an album, but then he'll try something new on a new album. And great artists have often done stuff like that. Like you look at like the Beatles and how different their early stuff and their late stuff is. And, you know, and he's doing that kind of stuff as well. And, and again, this, you know, this idea of the way that he uses the spoken word stuff to tell a story. His most recent album, it's called Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. And this is, you know, 12, 15 years after that Good Kid Mad City album. He's a dad now and he he has some songs about being a father and about his kids and about what his father was like and he's got songs about therapy this is the spoken word stuff on this album is the album opens with this you know confession that he's been going through stuff and then you know later in another song there's actually like a fight like it it's hard to listen to like it's not this is not your workout music like you were talking Mm -mm. with the beastie boys and it's not it's not party music and it's not background music some of this some of this he he has some that's more (laughs) along that vein but a lot of this stuff is like 
it's like, you know, watching a serious dramatic movie, right? Like you need to like give it some attention and have your head in that space. And, you know, midway through the album, he's like talking about breakthroughs in therapy. And I think this is a big deal also in hip hop and also in, you know, just being a, a music star, being a rock star. Like there's a lot of like macho sort of acting tough and not wanting to show any vulnerability. And it's just full of vulnerability of like talking about going to therapy, talking about having depression, talking about rethinking things. So it's really, it's really great stuff. I'm going to throw in here also his album Damn is the first, first album to win the Pulitzer Prize for music that was not a classical or jazz album. It's a good album. It really is. Yeah. He's definitely <laughs> been recognized for like the stuff that he's doing. Um, and I'm going to finish with what is my favorite album of his and one of my favorite albums of all albums in existence, which is To Pimp a Butterfly. This album is full of jazz music. It's full of interesting samples. And again, He's always talking about racial injustice and poverty and trying to better yourself. And the title, To Pimp a Butterfly, throughout the album, he has these little pieces of like a poem between each song. This is what he does with the spoken word stuff on this album. He has these little, little snippets of a poem. And at the very end of the album, after the last song, he has the full poem, and he has a conversation with Tupac. Tupac was a rapper from Compton in the early 90s. He was also socially conscious. And this is somebody that Kendrick, like Kendrick, he's like famous, but also has poverty and violence and all that sort of stuff in his background. So he's used an old interview with Tupac, and he's edited it together where he's having this conversation, this fake conversation with Tupac. And he explains this metaphor of the caterpillar, that a caterpillar is an individual who's shaped by a harsh environment. They grow up in poverty and in violence and in adversity. So the only job is to eat or consume everything around it in order to protect itself. The butterfly represents the talent, the thoughtfulness, the beauty within the caterpillar. And in the caterpillar's adversity, you, it builds a wall around itself, a cocoon. But trapped there, it's able to see new things. And... One thing it notices is that the world shuns the caterpillar but praises the butterfly. So it's like a really complex thought about, you know, people people do appreciate the culture and the art that comes out of these places. I mean, look at how successful hip-hop is as a genre. It's huge on the radio and uh, around the world. Like, it's very successful. And this whole metaphor of like the idea that you can become something beautiful out of the adversity, but also the idea of pimping, which is to exploit and to use it, you know, to your advantage, you know, it's just really, it's thoughtful stuff that doesn't have easy answers. And it's like really fantastic music as well. Like he's a really talented rapper, his skill with lyricism and his beats and his flow and his rhymes. Like he's very good and also very thoughtful and, you know, I just, I just, I love his music. It's fantastic. You definitely were the one who introduced me to his music. And, you know, we've, we've talked about on the podcast, so all of us in the family were very musically inclined and we did a lot of music stuff together. And like, 
you know, Nolan, like you and I have played in bands together and we've done, you know, so much music stuff together and it's been an important part of our lives. And I remember when, like, when I was at your house one day and you were like, hey, you started telling me about Kendrick Lamar and you were like, this album, To Pimp a Butterfly, you should listen to this. And like, just you saying that was kind of like impactful to me. Like, oh, if Nolan <laughs> it holds this in high <laughs> regards and is like, I need to listen to this, then I will. And uh, and yeah, it was one that uh, I try to do this with new music in general. I don't, I'm not able to, able to but I, I try to listen to new music and that's the activity is just to listen. Like I don't put it on while I'm doing something else or I don't listen in the car or whatever. It's like I sit down with some headphones and I listen to this new music. And I was able to do that with, with To Pimp a Butterfly. And I remember thinking the whole time I was like, oh, wow. Oh, dang. Oh, wow. This is really, this is amazing. And uh, so thank you, Nolan, for introducing me. But yeah, that's, I, I, I'm glad you, you, I'm glad you wax poetic about it because it really is incredible <laughs> stuff. It's so great. So it's also very outside my experience in a number of ways. And so, uh, you know, like I'm a white middle-class guy, right? And like, I didn't grow up with any gangs or any of that kind of stuff, you know? And I, I think that it's good for everybody to empathize and to listen and to seek to understand outside their own experience. And, you know, and I, I also have to admit, like in my early listenings of stuff, like I definitely had to look up lyrics and sometimes look up what words even mean, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had to do that too. Yeah. <laughs> and some of it is just the slang or the vernacular, but some of it, like I'm embarrassed to admit, like that I didn't necessarily know about certain figures in history, you know, mm -hmm. like civil rights people, people um, in the black community. You know, I, everybody knows Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King Jr., but he mentions other people and he's, you know, these, these artists are very smart. I mean, there's like really thoughtful stuff in there with a lot of depth. And I, I learned about some... <laughs> Things that I probably should have known about, people I should have known about, you know. Yeah, I think that's that's uh, something I think is a common misconception from people who who don't like rap or hip hop is that they they think that it's just talking, you know. It's like, well, yeah, I can write down some words and just talk into a microphone, but it's it's not that at all. Really, really good hip hop and rap, like you said, the the flow of it. There's a there's so many specific details of of the rhyme schemes and the way it flows with the beats and the way it all fits together and the 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 lyrics themselves, the message you're sharing or the content of what, what the lyrics are about. Like it's, it's really complex stuff. It's very impressive to when you, when you hear really good, you know, really good rap when it's, it's in the flow like that. It's so good. Mm -hmm. Shannon, were you going to talk about gorillas? No, I sure wasn't. You should. All right, good. Because if you were going to, I wasn't going to steal it from you. But I want to talk about gorillas real quick. And as we mentioned on some other episode, I can't remember which one, gorillas is a fictional band. But but here's the deal. So gorillas has a lot of lot of really interesting unique, cool music. They definitely have a lot of rock influences, but they also have a lot of hip hop and rap influences in their music. The uh, founder of the band, uh, Damon Albarn, I think is how you say his name, is uh, actually the only permanent music contributor, musical contributor to uh, Gorillaz in the real world, <laughs> not the digital uh, cartoon world of the band. Uh, but Gorillaz collaborates with a lot of musicians. When I was thinking about hip hop and rap, two of my favorite Gorillaz songs came to to mind. And so I instantly, uh, of course, I, I feel a little bad to admit it, but I didn't actually know who the people rapping were in these two songs. So I had to go look it up. But 
One of my favorite songs is Feel Good Inc., which was a huge radio hit. The singing vocals, uh, or I guess kind of talking, talking singing, is Damon Albarn, uh, the main gorillas guy. But the rap is done by De La Soul. Uh, and specifically, uh, David Jolicure, I'm so sorry, I can't pronounce the name. He goes by True Guy the Dove. He did the main rap sections in Feel Good Inc., which is really, really cool. And De La Soul has been around for uh, quite a while as well as a rap, uh, as a, a hip hop group. They were formed in 1988, uh, in Long Island, New York. So again, going back to, apparently I like the New York style, <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, yes, founded in 19, 1988, and they've been going for uh, been going for a while. Uh, and then the other favorite Gorilla song of uh, that I love so much is Clint Eastwood. Oh, that one's good. Which is such a good song. And same thing, I was like, it's it's great, great rap in this in this song. Like really cool flow, really good. I just it it is so great combined with the 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 beat and just all the whole song comes together so nicely. And that song is rapped by Del, the funky homo sapien. His, his real name is Taron <laughs> Delvin Jones, but he goes by Del, the funky homo sapien. He is actually ice cubes cousin. <laughs> I was wow. like, Oh, that's cool. Uh, he's from Oakland, California. So finally I have a rapper, not from New York. <laughs> I, I listened to some of his music, but I just keep going back to Clint Eastwood by gorillas. And it's just so great. Um, I do remember, uh, when I was in college, I worked in sports broadcasting a little bit and I would, uh, be just playing music through the speakers while we were getting stuff set up. Partly so I had something to listen to, but also, you know, you could use it to test, oh, this feed is getting the right sound or this, this thing's not getting the thing. I would just play music so I could hear what was going through the different channels. And I remember consistently getting yelled at every time Clint Eastwood <laughs> came on by the, <laughs> the main truck engineer, the guy that ran the truck and operated it for, for BYU TV. Uh, every time Clint Eastwood came on, he would come and yell at me to turn off that crap. <laughs> Oh, good grief. Why? He didn't like the music? I don't know. He he was an older white guy from Utah County. I guess I just have to assume he that wasn't his musical scene. Yes. But uh, I usually did not turn it off. <laughs> I turned it down until he left, and then I turned it back up. <laughs> I, I had an old boss that I would listen to EDM, like different like techno music and stuff. And I remember one time he came in and he asked me if the speakers were broken. <laughs> I said, no, that's just the music. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> well, that's that's all I had about gorillas. I just wanted to mention those that I really like gorillas, and they have a lot of really good uh, rap and hip hop influence. And those two specifically, I had to make sure and go look up who those rappers were because I'm ashamed <laughs> to say I didn't know who they were until now. <laughs> well, I'll have to see if I can find the video. There's been one that's floating around on different apps that I don't know if you've seen that with Clint Eastwood, they have a video that they were, it was an interview or something that that like piano, duh, 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 like that, that's just a sample that was on a keyboard <laughs> that like it was, here is piano number one and they pushed the button and that was the rhythm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they made a whole so song great. off of it, which is cool. <laughs> and they and they named it Clint Eastwood because the that little thing kind of reminded them of the sound, uh, some of the soundtrack from from the good, the bad, and the ugly, which is a Clint Eastwood movie. Mm. So they named the song Clint Eastwood. <laughs> There's nothing awesome. about him in the song, I don't think. I can't remember. Yeah. But, uh -uh. yeah. <laughs> Another small tangent. You guys remember the song Crazy. Like it was a huge hit, Gnarls Barkley, yeah, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You should look up what that sample is. That's also like a Western. Well, it, it, Clint Eastwood was not actually, but um, 
the sample in crazy is like a spaghetti western score. Look it up sometime. <laughs> That's interesting. I'm surprised sometimes to hear what what things in music are samples. Shannon, you mentioned Daft Punk just in passing a little mm-hmm. earlier. One more time, that brass thing, mm-hmm. that's a sample. I can't remember. I looked up once where it's from and I was surprised, but I don't know. I just always assumed they played it, but I was like, oh no, that's a sample from somewhere. So it's cool. There's there's an account I recently discovered that that's their whole thing is they'll post the original and like the hit and what it was sampled or whatever. And it's it's been really interesting. I like yeah, that. I love that. I there's a there's a YouTube channel and I don't remember what it is, but like they they've done that. And sometimes I've been really surprised, like how chopped up something is. It's it almost mm. sometimes doesn't even resemble the original that much because it gets chopped up and rearranged so much. But yeah, like that's that's really cool. Well, you'd said gorillas. I better bring up another fictional band, which is KDA. <laughs> um, we talked yeah. about them once before. That they're a, a K-pop group, and their resident rapper is uh, Akali, <laughs> who is voiced by the real life artist Soyeon. I think is how you'd say her name. She is part of KDA. She is part of the uh, K-pop group G-Idol, another fictional band. She's part of True Damage. <laughs> um, and I, uh, we discovered them through Arcane. Uh, the League of Legends uh, Netflix original series Arcane has a really cool soundtrack. As we were listening to more of that, Alex was kind of finding different stuff as part of that playlist. And KDA is a band full of fictional people who are within the world of League of Legends and stuff. But Soyeon is really cool. That I, I'm realizing I'm saying this about a lot of these rappers now, but <laughs> um, she just has an interesting style that she'll interchange between languages while she's rapping. She'll begin a sentence in English and finish it in Korean, and then she'll switch into Japanese and back into English. And it, like, it sounds so cool as she's flowing through it, even though I only understand a third of what she's actually saying. <laughs> But KDA is awesome. She's really cool. My favorite song that she definitely has a big part of is the song called The Baddest, which I'll put on our playlist. Cool, cool. Yeah, definitely. So the next group I'm going to talk about is Outkast. Outkast is from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, So they were separate from that whole East Coast, West Coast thing and had, you know, the the Southern hip hop, which was a totally different sort of quirky style. And the thing I like about Outkast is that quirkiness. They have two members, Big Boy and Andre 3000, and they are very different sort of people. Big Boy is the more traditional rapper. He is, uh, he's going to rap about partying and about, you know, traditional sort of hip hop things. And then Andre 3000 He's going to rap about whatever weird stuff, right? And so (laughs) they, the balance of these two guys, I think, together just made some really great music. There's a Key and Peele sketch for those that like Key and Peele, where it's it's actually the two of them. So, so as a group, they broke up in, I don't know, 
I don't know. It's not important. They broke up after like four or five albums. And so there's a Key and Peele sketch where one of them plays Big Boy and one of them plays Andre 3000. And Big Boy's at a coffee shop and he's sitting down. And then this weird sort of elfin guy comes in and he wants his coffee and like a a vase and he's like just such a weird guy and and then he's like oh no and they see each other and it's like you know they're playing like these outcast guys and um you know that's sort of the sense of like who these guys are and they're and um the straight ahead guy and the more quirky guy so they have some pretty idiosyncratic music and as an aside, I I do know they are still friends, despite what the Key and Peele sketch might suggest. <laughs> so they had some pretty big, some pretty huge hits in the late 90s and the early 2000s. One album that was really huge, Speaker Box slash The Love Below. It is actually like two albums. It's like one album from each of the guys. You know, they both had these radio hits uh, like Hey Ya. That's like the all right, weird. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, that's yeah. Andre 3000. <laughs> and then I like the way you move. That was Big Boy. You know, they. I think they have a lot of they have a lot of fun music, but also really skillful. So one of their most popular songs is Miss Jackson. That's a great song. You know, personally, I really like the art of storytelling from Aquemini. I like Hey Ya. I like uh, Rosa Parks. Uh, so a lot of great songs and, uh, yeah, outcast. Awesome. I dig it. Uh, well, the last one I want to talk about just real quick is, uh, a group that I know we've mentioned before on, again, some episode, I can never remember <laughs> when we talked about anything, uh, is the roots. And I will, uh, be the first to admit that I learned of them through Jimmy Fallon, uh, first on late night, uh, or what, what was his first show? Yeah. Late night with Jimmy Fallon. Uh, and then, uh, later on the tonight show as they, uh, served as the house band and still are the house band for, uh, the tonight show. I just think that, well, let me start, start with this. The roots have a, a cool, cool background. So they were formed, uh, in 1987 by Tariq Trotter, who goes by black thought and Amir Thompson, who goes by Questlove in Philadelphia. And they have a really interesting uh, beginning, which I'm, I think my, maybe I mentioned on our drummers episode. I think I talked about Questlove. So the Roots started while Questlove and Black Thought were were in uh, high school in Philadelphia. They were in the high school for the creative performing arts, and they would busk on the street corners. Questlove would play bucket drums, and Black Thought would rap over his rhythms. Uh, their first organized gig was a talent show at the school, uh, where they used the ner- they used the name Radioactivity, which is a great name. <laughs> um, they went through a couple different names. Uh, they were Black to the Future for a while, which is another great name, uh, and The Square Roots. Uh, they added a couple of members and went to record an album, and they had to drop the square section because there was a local folk group called The Square Roots. Hence, they became The Roots. They had a hard time breaking through in Philadelphia, and so the band moved to London, where they released uh, their debut album in 1993. They developed a cult following in Europe and then eventually came back. I, I, I love their music. I, I feel like most of the time when I hear Questlove and, and, uh, Black Thought, they, they both are either 
let me, how do I say this? I, I feel like most of the time when I hear their music, it's because there's a collaboration on something like the roots have some great music and I've, I listen to their, their music on Spotify and it's really good. But I feel like a lot of my favorite stuff of theirs is when they are collaborating with so many other artists. Um, I feel like especially in recent years, like they both have become, they've become almost more household names. And so you see their involvement with, uh, for example, uh, Questlove did a lot of work with Lin-Manuel Miranda on Hamilton, uh, you know, co- or collaboration on songwriting and, and, and putting that all together. And of course we've, we've talked about Hamilton and how much we love that. Just anyway. So even though I, 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 I have some songs we'll put on the playlist, I, I really feel like Black Thought or, or I guess most of the time they call him Tariq. He has such a, 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 a laid back vibe to him. You know, sometimes, sometimes when you see rappers perform, it's a lot of like running up and down the stage or it's a lot of like intensity, which is fair. You know, a lot of times the, the message or the the music they're, they're conveying has that high energy, but I just love whenever you see the roots performing, like, like black thought is kind of, he just like stands at the mic and he's just grooving, you know, like him and quest love are just like in the pocket grooving. And I love that. It's so, it's so good to listen to. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) I mean, probably the last one I have with any kind of detail is Andy Minio, who is the artist I recommend as kind of a gateway because he <laughs> he is not explicit. His lyrics, if they swear, are very light and occasional swearing. He's <laughs> family friendly for all intents and purposes. He is also very, like, his music really pumps you up that, uh, like, the three songs that are my top songs of his, Coming In Hot, You Can't Stop Me, I Ain't Done, uh, they're all about, like we kind of mentioned, like, it, it talks about anxiety and depression and I Ain't Done, You Can't Stop Me, he's talking about himself, that he's like, I, my biggest enemy is me, like, my biggest enemy is me and even I can't stop me. And I Ain't Done has, oh, nope, don't. Don't play the song. <laughs> um, I, I Ain't Done has some really awesome lyrics in there talking about where he says, death to my depression and anxiety, death to all my stress and all I'm trying to be. I'm going to get loud because I'm still alive. And if I die, ain't no way I'm giving up now. I had a breakdown, couldn't stay down, figure rather die trying than to live like a quitter. My problems are big, but I know God's way bigger. What do you expect once you level up? Don't you know the boss gets bigger? And it's just, it's one of those songs, like, if I'm having a bad day, then I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can do this. I can do anything. Like, (laughs) um, but yeah, I I really enjoy his music. And for sure, people who I know, like, you know, oh, I love Hamilton. I just, I wish that more rap music is something that I would enjoy listening to. I always like, here, Andy Minio, (laughs) this is is your gateway to this genre (laughs) in a way that is cleaner, you know? So, yeah. He's good. Awesome. That's awesome. Nolan, do you have any more you want to talk about? I've got a bu- I've got a bunch of honorable mentions, but if you want to mention any more, yes. you're, you're welcome to go I, for it. I definitely have more honorable mentions. Um yeah, I can do I can do all mine as honorable mentions and just a sentence or two about each or less. All right. That sounds good to me. Well, cool. I guess I guess this is a good spot to wrap it up then. Uh, Nolan, thank you so much for joining us and uh, roping me into to the hip-hop scene. I feel like I've found a lot of good music <laughs> I've enjoyed thanks to your recommendations. So thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. I mean, I'm there's still a lot that, you know, I would like to listen to. Like, the, like I said, there's so much good music out there. And, uh, you know, I hope I didn't ramble on too long. No, not at all. All very good, yeah. But as usual, we want to hear what you think. Send us an email at the 
thefavoritshow at gmail.com. Look us up on Instagram at thefavoritshowpodcast. Let us know your favorite hip-hop artists, your favorite rappers, whatever combination uh, you enjoy. Let us know your favorites. Also, let us know if you have suggestions for future topics or guests or whatever. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And we'd love a five-star rating if you like what you hear. And if you don't feel like giving us a five-star rating, is it because I was really trying to figure out how I could make the theme song into like a rap version and i just i just couldn't i've really been thinking about it and there's just i don't see a way to make it work do i do like it when you change the theme song how could i i'm trying to think what i could even do to change the theme song to be (laughs) hip-hop i'm gonna have have to do some homework i also don't have a lot of time to do it so i'll figure out something maybe we'll see anyway (laughs) oh man well i guess that'll do it until next week my name's aaron i'm shannon and i'm nolan talk to y'all later bye cue the music I got uh, honorable mention Lauren Hill and also the Fugees. And that was one of my first groups where I listened to. And I was like, whoa, this is like, this is more sophisticated than I realized. <laughs> I was just laughing that no one said sophisticated. Mine's not. It's salt and pepper. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> but they're really good. I like salt and pepper. I like it. Uh, one of my favorites is Childish Gambino, who is the stage name of Donald Glover. Man, I love him. Jay-Z. Nicki Minaj. MC Hammer. I, I'll be honest, that was probably my first exposure to like hip-hop and rap was Can't Touch This. So, And he's great. Rhapsody. Uh, she's got a really great album called Eve, and every track title is a woman of color that I think is, is a cool, oh, that's cool motif. Cool. Cardi B. I don't really listen to her much, but I like the songs that she's featured on. Wu-Tang Clan. Those guys are so good. Chance the Rapper. Doja Cat. Snoop Dogg. J. Cole. Now, I don't really have any other artists, but I have a lot of, like I said, like albums. The Black Panther album is very good. Tyler, the creator. The Into the Spider-Verse soundtrack. <laughs> we mentioned Sugar Hill Gang earlier, but I really like Sugar Hill Gang. It's sort of a rapper in the sense that you covered folk music and country music together. So I'm going to say Frank Ocean. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Arcane soundtrack. i'm sorry they're good compilation albums this is half cheating but lincoln park they are a rap slash metal band but mike shinoda does the rapping in lincoln park they're great and i i suppose we'll throw out lin-manuel miranda you mentioned earlier oh i had him on my list too he's an honorable mention for sure i'm I'm out that's That's it it for me Yeah, yeah that's maybe it for me